Well, uh, good morning. Oh, come on. Good morning. Good to see you. Hey, my name is Jake. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, one of the pastors here. And uh, today is actually a great day if you're uh, just showing up for the first time to come to church. Uh, we're in the middle of this series, something that we're calling Miracles. Simple as that. We're kind of taking a look at the, the man behind the miracles and even the mystery behind the miracles. And today, specifically, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and since I'm not the expert in this field, uh, I have actually invited a friend of mine to come and join. And so pa- uh, um, I was going to say professor. I almost said Pastor Wally Kowalski. Professor Wally Kowalski is going to come and he's going to join me here in a few seconds. And let me give you an idea why I invited him in the first place is when I was at Northwest, he was the pastor of theology and he was literally is one of the smartest men that I've ever met. And as I was getting to, um, into the ministry, I had a business background, didn't have a lot of theological experience. And so I would go after I graduated from college and Wally and I, we would go and we would sit down. He was generous enough to go out with me to coffee. And since I don't drink coffee, I would take my Pepsi and uh, he would have his London fog tea is what he would actually have. And we would sit down and we would have conversations on theology, on life. And in the process, him and his family became good friends of mine. And again, I just throw this out here. One of the smartest men that I've ever met. You will figure that out real quick when we have a conversation. But my idea was simply this, was as I sat down with him at college, or sat down with him after college, and we would sit in a coffee shop, um, I'd always wish that people could enter into that conversation. When I was a student pastor, I wish that the students could be listening in on that. And so today, what we kind of want to do is just kind of set up that format where him and I are like, we're at the coffee shop, we're having a conversation, but today the topic of discussion, the questions that we'll be asking are questions on miracles. And so let me do this. Let me invite Wally up. Would you welcome Professor Wally? Wally Kowalski to come on up. So this is great. So uh, um, why don't you do this? Why don't you, I know you, and I've got a chance to know you over the years. You have, oh, there we go. Um, do you, um, are you able to maybe share a little bit about maybe your family, your background, your education, all those kind of things, and even what you're doing right now, because it's pretty amazing. Okay, cool. Glad to be here with you. Um, born in Poland, grew up in a German church in Canada. Uh, at age 10, God basically told me, hey, you're going to go into full-time ministry. And so that's, that was my focus of life from there on out. At 10? I actually didn't know that. Yeah. yeah at yeah. 10? Yeah, yeah. He told yeah. me I was going to be a professional soccer player, is what he told me at 10. See? So. Cool. How did it work out for you? Well, I didn't hear him correctly. So, um, <laughs> okay. yeah, but continue. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so ended up, um, the, the path was to go to university and stuff like that. Went to school in Germany, went to school at Northwest. Um, and uh, one thing led to another, and I ended up being a professor at Northwest. And uh, I actually proposed to my wife with, will you go to Red China with me? And I, it was so incredibly romantic. She <laughs> said yes. Uh, but she also had God's call, you know, to full-time ministry. Yeah, and you guys are, might be the smartest couple I've ever met in my life, both yeah. PH, whatever you have. You yeah, have all PhD these little things school. after your, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. alphabet soup. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, I kind of wondered why I, I, I ended up as a professor at Northwest and loved what I was doing. I mean, the coolest job in the world has to be thinking about God and then talking about him with friends. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. But um, uh, we would teach in Southeast Asia summers, 
uh, but I was kind of wondering why aren't we here? And uh, there are various elements to all that. Uh, there, there were some cool things that God did in the meantime. But about four and a half years ago, somebody asked us whether we'd uh, start a church in uh, Indonesia, uh, English-speaking church. And both my wife and I separately said yes. We didn't know that uh, we were having a conversation with friends uh, separately. And uh, here, there we are. We've been there now for three and three-quarter years or three and a half years And now. prior to that, you were a professor at Northwest for 28 years. Is that correct? Yeah, 28 and a half years. 28 yeah. and a half years. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It was a blast. Yeah. And I, I kind of figured I'd die there. <laughs> Hopefully not in the classroom. That would be kind of weird, you know. But um, I, I loved what I was doing. It was the world's best job, seriously. Because yeah. just to be able to think about God and then talk about him with yeah, friends. Yeah, so great. But, and that's where I got to know you. And um, you're just beloved there. And so, but, well, yeah. But cool. it's so great to have you back. So literally, you flew in from Indonesia just to see us, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's good. Not yeah, Jake else. is such a... No, no, no. No, no. So uh, this is a good friend. Yeah, yeah very that's great. good friend. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about miracles, kind of as if we were. We were sitting at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Let's pretend it's Starbucks. It's got the ambiance. Got your tea. Perfect. Yep. I still don't drink coffee, so I got my Pepsi. And then I always would come. I truly would always come with a list of questions to sit down and just ask him and then just absorb what I could. So let's talk on the topic of miracles. And probably the easiest one or the most obvious one is this, is do miracles still happen today? So do miracles still happen, real miracles, like people raising from the dead, people being healed of sickness, cancer being gone, those type of things. Did that happen still today? Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, we should probably define a miracle. Uh, and I would say that it's a supernatural intervention. It may use the laws of nature, but it's something that you can't just explain by, you know, any other means. Um, somebody bigger than nature is at work. Okay. And the other thing I'd probably make a factor in this is it has to serve God's purposes. Right. Uh, so, you know, the Bible does talk about miracles being done by Satan and by his buddies and so on. So, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yes, do, miracles do happen uh, today. Okay. So if I'm driving through a parking lot and a stall opens up and I pull in, is that considered to be a miracle? Probably not. Okay. Yeah, that would, uh, you know, um, I think it's cool. Um, I think it's perfectly okay to pray for a parking spot. <laughs> uh, okay, you know, I, I know some people say that's way too trivial. But look, if God knows how many hairs I have on my head, okay. then he cares about things I care about too. Okay. Um, what I would say is important theologically in that situation is to yeah. give God the praise for it. Yeah. Not just pray, hey, God, I need a parking spot, but say, thank you, God, for providing it. Mm -hmm. um, look, God wants to be a part of all of your life. Uh, we, we didn't talk about this before, but I think one of the problems for a lot of people is that going to church is sort of like going to the zoo. Continue. Okay. <laughs> you know, you go to the zoo and you see the lions and you see the tigers and whatever else is in the zoo you're visiting, but you don't take the lion home with you because that would be awkward and probably illegal. Um, I'm still not there, but okay. keep going. <laughs> a lot of people go to church to see God comfortably in his cage, and then they go home without taking him home with them. And God does, absolutely wants to be a part of every single aspect of your life. And so to incorporate him in life uh, on something as trivial as, hey, God, you know what? I need a parking spot. You know it. 
Yeah. Um, this isn't just about my comfort. It's because I have to be at this meeting at this time. And something opens up. It's not a miracle, yeah. but it is God at work. Okay, that's great. And God wants to be a part of every aspect of our life. He doesn't want to just be something you do on Sundays. Right, I agree with that completely. What about you? So kind of the second question, have mm-hmm. you experienced any miracles or um, been a part of that and witnessed anything personally in your life? Uh, if we're saying personally in my life, the, uh, um, when I was a kid, I was probably eight or nine years old, I had pneumonia. It uh, went to the place where I had a temperature of 107 degrees, which should scramble my brains and may have. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, pastor like- came and prayed for me, and half an hour later, I was normal. Well, okay, that's debatable. Dude, I feel like, have you guys seen the movie Phenomenon where the brain stem touches, or the brain parts touch other parts and start working, they become extra smart? Maybe that happened when your brain got fried. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, I survived, and I I shouldn't have. And there have been other such things. I've experienced them with close family members. My my wife's grandma... um, Before she became a Christian, they were on the run from the Nazis in Europe. And um, God had told her one evening, okay, bake as much bread as you can bake. And so she just got up and baked bread pretty much through the whole night. Uh, Then the next day, um, uh, the, the bad guys are there, and she grabs her family. They get on a train, and they knew that these trains were specifically being targeted. She prayed. She's not a believer yet. She prayed. And as she looked out of the window, she could see angels flying beside the train hmm. um, with her eyes. This is the same grandma who a while later broke her arm, slipped on the ice. This is, she's now in Canada, slipped on the ice, broke her arm, and the bone's sticking out. Uh, she didn't have time to go to the doctor, so she just wrapped it up, prayed. The next morning, everything's healed. I'd still like to get an x-ray of that bone hmm. and see whether you know, there's any trace of a break there, whether God did like the full job of, you know, like, all right, we're going to put it back together for Catherine. So it's, but anyway, yeah, Yeah. Um, there are miracles that happen, uh, raising from the dead and stuff like that. That does still happen. Hmm. What about, um, why don't we see the frequency? I guess that's the third question. Why don't we see the frequency of miracles now? So when you look in biblical times, you see lots of miracles happening left and right, especially around the time of Jesus, especially around, you know, with the prophets and um, in the early church. Why don't we see that as frequent in the church today? And I think why this is the question is, as Christians, we kind of go through our lives and we read God's word and we believe it as being true, but yet we see all these miracles happening there, but yet they don't seem to occur. There's, a, there's like a gap between our experience and what we read in God's word. What would you, how would you address that gap? Yeah, and probably we feel the gap more here than some believers in other parts of the world. But... Um, I, it, it, one of the things that is evident when you start looking at this carefully is that uh, the period of uh, greater frequency and magnitude of miracles yeah. seems to come at the beginning of a revelatory period, a time where God is acting to change things. Can you like, explain okay. that a little bit? And what so, would that be? For instance, you've got all these huge miracles that are connected with the whole Exodus story. Right. With Moses, Aaron, and stuff like that. And by the way, really cool thing about that, those ten plagues, which we may view as a big spanking of Egypt and Pharaoh, they really actually are uh, God saying, I'm God, 
these things are not. For instance, the, uh, the Egyptians worshipped frogs. It was a, an issue of capital punishment if you put a frog to death. So, you know, that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I would have been killed a long time ago <laughs> when I was a kid. They're so tasty. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> didn't do that. <laughs> didn't do that? Okay. Uh, so, so God says, okay, you worship frogs. I'm going to show you who's really boss. I'm going to give you frogs in your bed and everywhere and stuff like that. And, and so then he kills them off, and the stench is such that you almost can't survive. Every single one of the ten plagues uh, is God saying, I'm really God, not the River Nile, not this, not yeah. that. Uh, there's a great book on it, John Davis, uh, Moses and the Gods of Egypt. Uh, so that's one period. Another period is the period of the prophets, Elijah, Elisha. Yeah. God is doing something incredible, the story of the prophets of Baal and so on. God is calling Israel back to himself. This is you know, a kind of precursor to the exile where he's really going to make uh, Israel aware of uh, that he's God and they need to serve him only. And another great period would, of course, be uh, Jesus, yeah. the time of the apostles and so on. Church. But, you know, it's um, one of the problems with those, all of those mm -hmm. is that they're uncomfortable times for the people who are living in them. Yeah, you know you're you're leaving home, the Exodus. You're going to go into exile. Yeah, the church gets scattered all over the place, and um, God sends miracles in those situations. Um, in a way, this is a good news, bad news sort of a thing. Um, it would be cool to see miracles happening, although I think miracles are somewhat overrated. The reason why I'm going to say that is yeah. when Jesus does them. The religious leaders say, oh, that's really cool. Can you do another trick? It's not like they actually say, oh, this is God among us. We have to change our lives. Hmm. So are there actual miracles happening? Yes, there are. Uh, yeah. And you're saying the frequency, if I can, the frequency happens when God is moving in a big way. It's a disruptive Jesus is coming. It's, yes. it's a disruptive time. It's a time of revelation. There's going to be a major change. When Jesus returns, we're yeah. going to be seeing miracles. Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about this beforehand or even last service, but obviously what I feel like what's coming is, I mean, right now the church is a little bit mocked by culture, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like soon we're going to be persecuted. Yeah. You feel like that point in time? Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe they will. Hmm. And there are going to be people who continue to mock. There are going to be other people who pay attention. And um, God will... Look, all of this is about God who loves us mm -hmm. and wants the best for us. Yeah. It's also the best thing for his kingdom. Mm. Um, and so it, it is about God's love expressed to the people he created to be the object of his affection. Yeah. And so when it's time, we're going to be seeing those miracles happening. Yeah, that's great. Great, um, except for the fact of the persecution. So yeah. that's not so great. Yeah, that wouldn't <clears throat> be so much fun. You alluded to it. A little bit about um, uh, not happening just out, outside of this country. Yeah, Is there yeah, any yeah. truth to the large number of miracles that happen outside of the United States? So in these third world countries, do you, um, do you see a f more of a frequency of miracles happening? And especially you living in a third world country now. Um, yeah. is that, do you see that or have you heard of that? Is there any truth to that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it, it is happening. Um, I'd advise you to be a little bit cautious on this one because it isn't happening typically in the big crusades. It's happening in the areas where people aren't being reached by the gospel directly. 
So I'll give you an example. My wife experienced this, and I, I got to know the young lady in question as well. A number of years back, uh, we were teaching in Singapore at a, a theological school. One of the girls in, in Rosemary's class um, was Muslim. I, I probably shouldn't name the country, but it's a majority Muslim nation, uh, which is stricter, much stricter than Indonesia. And uh, they were... Um, uh, mocking the whole Christian thing around Christmas time. Mm -hmm. She goes to bed Christmas Eve and wakes up in the middle of the night and somebody's in the room. And it's Jesus. She has a vision of Jesus, has a conversation with him. And well, I'm just so curious. How long was that conversation? Uh, it, it extended a period of time enough yeah. for her to decide she's going to be a Christian. Okay. Goes to sleep, wakes up in the morning, tells her family this. They threaten her life. Yeah. She manages to get away. She's now studying in a school to um, learn more about God and go back and tell her family and friends about God. And by the way, where she is, um, and even in Indonesia this is the case, uh, we, we have a lady who's part of our Bible studies. If she witnessed to her son, mm -hmm. she would lose her life. Mm -hmm. And it would be okay. Mm -hmm. So... Um, God does some pretty amazing things, and I think, um, see, we, we have an obligation to share who he is and what he's done for us, and so on our story, where we're able to, where we're not able to, the Holy Spirit encounters yeah. people. So you're saying where the gospel isn't as present, miracles seem to step into that place. Yep. And there's not the, you know, a lot of, we have Bible on every shelf, some people have 14 of them in their home. Um, yeah, on every phone, if you will. Look it up on the internet. So we have access to that. So what you're saying is where the gospel isn't as present, there the Holy Spirit intervenes, where the Bible is the manifestation of God's presence. Yeah, and, and, and things are happening where uh, people pray and people are raised from the dead. I mean, the, this is stuff I know is happening because the, uh, it, it's th credible stories. Mm -hmm. When I see a, a newspaper article that talks about, you know, so and so many uh, miracles, I, I, I'm sorry to throw wet water on, the, or I guess water is wet, isn't it? That's a redundancy. <laughs> yeah. Cold water, okay. On that, very often I find out uh, it's, yeah. it's inflated, it's evangelistic. Okay. But there is some truth to it. There, it. it this is happening, okay. absolutely for sure. Okay. Yeah. The last two questions we have um, are probably the biggest ones. Um, for me personally, and then just as far as theologically, they're probably the biggest one that people will ask. Um, first one is this, and I, growing up in kind of a Pentecostal background, um, this one was prevalent in a lot of the conversations that I would have or when we would have prayer times. Um, but does the lack of miracles, so the apparent lack of miracles that we have around here, have anything to do with people's lack of faith? Because I was told oftentimes, if you just believe a little bit more, if you just have a little bit more faith, then you will see the miracles. It's a matter of faith rather than it's a matter of um, God choosing the miracle. What is your response to that? Does it have anything to do with it? Okay, thanks for that clarification. A little bit more faith. Because there are stories in the Gospels where Jesus says, I can't do miracles here because of their lack of faith. Yeah, we literally talked about that last week, Bethsaida. So that's right. what we talked about, okay. the town of Bethsaida. Okay, and, and so if you're talking about this as a binary function, in other words, yes or no, 
then apparently you can be so stubborn that you lock yourself off from God being able to do something among you. Okay? So that is a possibility. But we're not talking about the binary situation. We're talking about somebody who's a Christian, so you're talking about a spectrum, amount of faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And no, you cannot manipulate God. Okay. Uh, if, if God is not your cosmic vending machine. Mm-hmm. So if you can pop in some more prayers, pop in some more offerings, pop in some more, okay, God, I'll really be obedient. Yeah. This next week, I'm not going to go to those websites. I'm not going to, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to curse less. I'm going okay. to, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You can't, God is God and you're not. Mm-hmm. And so I can't turn God into my puppet who does whatever I want him to do. God is going to act as is best for his kingdom and for us, because I really believe he loves us. Yeah, I agree with that. And so absolutely pray for miracles, man. But um, it's not lack of faith. Uh, See, faith is about the object, not the quantity. Okay? I mean, all right, so if I'm driving on the street and I see a sign for a historic bridge and I pull off because I like historic bridges or something... And I go and look at this, and it's like the first bridge in the county, and it's decrepit and falling down. There are bollards protecting you from even walking on it and stuff like that. I look upstream a little bit, you know, the canyon, and I see this big new bridge with semis crossing it. I think, wow, I have faith. I have so much faith. I can drive over this bridge. So I get in the car. I blast through the bollards. I get on the bridge. What's going to happen to me? be a long way down yeah i'm gonna get wet or dead yeah you know because look it didn't matter that i have a lot of faith in a bridge that's useless mm-hmm. and falling apart all i needed to do was have a tiny bit of faith in the bridge that actually works god calls us to have faith in him that makes sense yeah not a whole lot of faith in something that isn't there right. so it's uh, trusting in god okay. and that part of that trusting is also letting him be god yeah well, if we could control him, if he was our puppet, then he wouldn't be God in the first place. Right. Correct? Yeah, yeah. and that'd be really awkward because yeah. I'm not very good at, you know, uh, what was the uh, Jim Carrey film? Uh, oh, Almighty Bru- Bruce Almighty. Bruce, Bruce Almighty, yeah, Thank yeah. You. That, that, yeah. that we, didn't work out Over well, here, we it? know our, our movies better than our Bible. So, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, you didn't remember it, so I'm proud of you for, you know. <laughs> I, I was close. I was almost there. <laughs> yeah, okay. There was a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Evan Almighty. Okay. Here's the big question. Okay, this is uh, this is one that I know is very personal for me, and is very personal for you. Yep. So, and I'll just ask it, and then I'll I'll ask a little bit about it. Why does God choose to heal some but not others? So, for example, when it came to my daughter and the diagnosis that she had that it was terminal, mm-hmm. um, I prayed. There's no way of saying that I didn't pray. I prayed frequently. I prayed consistently. I prayed with full faith. So anybody that comes up and tells me that you didn't have enough faith, which we did have people say that after the fact, um, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to listen to them. Um, and actually, what did you say? What did you say last time? You said you wanted to dumb smack them? Is that oh. what you said? <laughs> there are a lot of people out in this world who need a dope slap. Dope smack. <laughs> I thought when you said that you were talking about drugs. No, and no, so, no, no, no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> You know, look. So, like, that's a new drug, and I'm, I'm not aware of it. Yeah, no, so, no, no. 
Okay, but so no, you, but what I'm saying here, this is super important, big deal here, because I prayed and prayed, right? Mm -hmm. And if there was ever a time I felt like where God could glorify himself, there was yeah. a lot of eyes watching Maggie's situation, um, that would have been it. And all the glory would have gone to him. But yep. yet he chose for some reason not to heal her in this lifetime. I do believe she is healed in eternity. But chose not to heal her on this planet when he would have been the one to get all the glory. And I know in your situation where it's much different. We both have daughters in this thing where my daughter passed away. But your daughter still suffers for like the last 20 some years with the diagnosis that she has. Um, and you deal with that as a dad on a daily yeah. basis. And I know you've prayed consistently. Oh, so how is it that God chooses not to heal situations like that, but then heals other ones? Yeah. I wish I had an answer. I, um, I, I sometimes think that when I get in front of God, you know, here's my list of questions. And I, I'm pretty sure that when I actually encounter him in that way, um, everything's going to disappear besides his love, his glory. Yeah. And um, I, I expect we'll understand a whole lot more. I mean, right now, our daughter, Kirsten, is, I think, a trophy of God's grace. Yeah. She's one of my heroes of faith. Mm -hmm. um, and I still don't get it because, you know, there are a whole lot of people who pray for her on a daily basis. We prayed for Maggie. Um, we still pray for you and Thanks. for Davey because, hey, there's a place under the heart where your child lodges and they, they don't ever leave. Yeah. You know? Um, I know you can't answer that. Where, why? Because you're not God. But if you had to take a stab in the dark and guess and be like, hey, well, here's what I think. Here's my educated guess on why God would do, allow something like that. Heals in this situation, but doesn't heal in that situation. You know, um, when I was thinking about, the, even way before this, I ran into an essay by C.S. Lewis, and the essay is entitled On the Efficacy of Prayer, on how, how prayer works, essentially. And he sets out to answer this question why there are some people who seem to be really young believers and so on, and they get answers, and, and people who've been in this for a while don't. Mm -hmm. I'd like to read to you about two paragraphs, if I can, out of that. And, um, and I'm going to send this to you uh, yeah. uh, so that you have it. If, if somebody wants to get this later on, they can con connect with you. Prayer is not a machine. It's not magic. It's not advice offered to God. Our act when we pray must not, any more than all our other acts, be separated from the continuous act of God himself, in which alone all finite causes operate. In other words, he is God. He makes everything happen that happens. It would be even worse to think of those who get what they pray for as a sort of court favorites, people who have influence with the throne. The refused prayer of Christ in Gethsemane is answer enough to that. Yeah. And I dare not leave out the hard saying which I once heard from an experienced Christian. I've seen many striking answers to prayer, and more than one that I thought miraculous, but they usually come at the beginning, before conversion or soon after it. As the Christian life proceeds, they tend to be rarer. The refusals, too, are not only more frequent, but they are more unmistakable, more emphatic. So here's the big paragraph. Does God then forsake just those who serve him best? 
Well, he who served him best of all said, near his tortured death, why hast thou forsaken me? When God becomes man, that man of all others is least comforted by God at his greatest need. There's a mystery here which, even if I had the power, I might not have the courage to explore. Meanwhile, little people like you and me, if our prayers are sometimes granted beyond all hope and probability, had better not draw hasty conclusions to our own advantage. Like, I'm a big dude. <laughs> if we were stronger, we might be less tenderly treated. If we were braver, we might be sent with far less help to defend far more desperate posts in the great battle. I, I made the point earlier on that God seems to do his major work when there's going to be a huge upheaval in human society. And, um, you know, so the, the fact that we are not seeing a whole lot of miracles right now may have at least as part of it that we are not yet at the end of times. And that's not going to be an easy point in human history. I mean, yeah. Jesus gives some stern warnings about what that's going to be like. Um, I was reading in my devotions the other day of the disciples counting themselves privileged to be able to suffer for the name. <laughs> most of us don't do that. You know, yeah. most of us, hey, it was another good day. I didn't have a whole lot of hassle out there. Um, why are some prayers not answered? I sometimes say to God, you know, if it's because you count me somehow tougher or braver, I wish I weren't. Yeah. So I'd like my daughter to be healed. I know that one. But in the end, um, he's a God who loves us way more than we can imagine. Yeah, by the way, one of the things we discovered, it really hit home to us when we're out there. Christianity is the only faith, the only faith that has a concept of God who loves us mm -hmm. and wants us to love him in return. We, we, uh, we can talk about that yeah. later on. But Let me ask you this. If we're not in those stages where, um, where God's moving or shifting or mm -hmm. it's the end times yet, should we even pray? I mean, if it's oh. let his will be done, right? Yeah. If it's his will be done, why do we even ask if his will is already there? Because he tells us to. <laughs> and there are things that he chooses to do only in answer to prayer. Yeah. So if you don't pray, he's not going to do it. Not because he's unable to and not because he doesn't want to, but because he wants you to have the privilege of partnering with him in his work. Yeah. And so there are things that happen only in response to our prayers. You should pray for miracles. Yeah, I feel like we soften our prayers a lot of times where we're afraid to um, hear the answer no, mm. and we think that it's not going to happen, or we're afraid of the hurt that will come from that no. And so then at times we choose not to pray um, or even ask God for the big things. But yet I feel yeah. like he wants us to ask boldly, come to him boldly. And pray. You know, my, my model for uh, my personal prayer life, uh, uh, this, is, this may seem almost trivial, but uh, there's a verse in Romans chapter 1, uh, it's around verse 14 or so, where Paul says, I pray that at long last the way may be open for me to come to you. 
to visit mm -hmm. the, the people in Rome. Yeah. So what I see in there is an acknowledgement of God's will. Yeah. But I don't see any reluctance to ask. Mm -hmm. Can we ask God anything? Yes. Go for it. Ask God. He's a God who loves you, yeah. loves you way more than you can imagine. Right. And, you know, he may say no, and it won't be because he doesn't like you. It'll be because there's something better. Right. But ask. And uh, the, the pattern I see in this verse, one of the reasons I like it, is because Paul asks very specifically. He yeah. says, I, I want to come and visit you. Right. I'm praying this. Yeah. God's will is a factor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But this is my prayer. Um, right. My wife, Rosemary, when, when she'd have people come up to her and say, you know what, we need a car. Can you pray with us for the car? She'd say to them, well, what kind of car do you want God to provide? <laughs> you know, like what color, what make? She wants a truck. I'll, you know, that's okay. what she wants. Okay. <laughs> and she would pray with them, and like as not, they would, uh, God would provide that. I yeah. mean, we, we have seen. Now, yeah. you know, this is God at work, but, you know, look, it's uh, God cares about you, man. Yeah. So much more than you can imagine. What about, I know this is totally not on our notes, and there's a lot of people listening. Um, but what about praying for the Seahawks? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> we need a miracle. But I'm just, um, <laughs> but what about that? I mean, I always hear people um, like, oh, I'm going to pray for my sports team. I've heard other pastors, like, we're praying for them today, you know? I mean, that just seems a little crazy, don't you think? Because you're saying be specific. Be specific. So I would like, yeah. I would, yeah. I don't know who they're playing today. Uh, I'm we, sure they're... We don't need to pray for today, but I'm talking about going down <laughs> the next bit here. We're fine for this game, right? Uh, but we got, the, the, we got the Eagles on our calendar, you know? Okay. So, okay. Um, well, you know, the, the, the thing is there are people on the other side praying as well. Right, exactly. And pretty, pretty fervently. They don't love like Jesus, but it's... Um, uh, <laughs> um, we, uh, you know... I think that prayer plus a really good game plan yeah. <laughs> might, uh, might actually get the job done. That would, um, an offensive line. But let's continue. You know, <laughs> does, does God care about it? Yeah. yeah. In, in terms of what is important for eternity, yeah. you know, I, I made, we, we kind of made the joke earlier on about the parking spot. Yeah. The parking spot may have more significance for eternity than uh, the result of the game. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with you enjoying it and yelling and being hoarse. Although, it'd be sort of fun if people did that in church, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway. Yeah. Um, but um, don't, don't, yeah. don't major in the minors. Right. Do you think, uh, and I'll close on this. Tell me if I'm off on this, me personally. This is where my heart has landed in this issue when it comes to God saying no. Mm -hmm. I just have come to the perspective, there was this, I felt like a revelation, and we haven't talked about this at this point, but I felt like there was this revelation where I had prayed and prayed and prayed for God to heal Maggie, mm -hmm. and then that he would find healing, and then I, at some point in my prayer, I had this stillness, this sense of peace of that, you know what, he already has done everything he needs to heal for her eternity. Do you think that maybe, just maybe, part of the reason we miss miracles and the miracles that are happening is that we take heaven and eternity out of the perspective? That's funny. Um, I don't remember whether it was C.S. Lewis or Sheldon Van Auken. Um, I don't know either, but continue. But, um, <laughs> they, they, um, one of them made the comment, if we knew what heaven was like, and obviously none of us do know fully what it's going to be like, right? Yeah. 
But if we had any clue of what it's like, we would not be praying, Lord, heal this person. Yeah. That's We'd be, what I wanted. Like, at, uh, um, again, my wife, a person I admire greatly, I, got, I married up. Um, and even as a kid, when she went to funerals of, yeah. of believers, she would be in the audience and cry out of envy. Yeah. Because they are seeing what you and I are only dreaming of. Brother, I sit, I have meetings with people who have cancer. I go uh-huh. to hospitals and they're passing and I find myself jealous of their situation. Yeah. Not because I want to die, but because I just feel like, dude, it's, it's yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I've got stuff to do. My wife would be really ticked if I keeled over yeah. of a heart attack because she's got stuff she wants me to yeah, take care my of. My wife would stuff. be frustrated too, but yeah. she'd get over it. Yeah. So and, she'd and find you know she'd find someone better. Yeah, yeah, I think my wife could do better too. And you know what? We would be somewhere else. Wouldn't that be I a know, kick, dude, man? That would be, I feel like that is the like, miracle of all miracles. Yeah. Don't, uh, I don't want to accelerate the process. I'm going right. to eat healthy and, you know. I'm accelerating it every day. <laughs> yeah, you are. If that were Coke, <laughs> if that were the health-giving elixir of Coke, that would be a different matter. All well, right. Well, it was a great time <laughs> sitting with you today, Wally. It was a... We're, no, yeah, truly, no, we no, probably seriously, should. Um, heaven, if, if we knew what it uh, that doesn't mean we can't pray. Uh, you know, when my dad died of cancer, uh, yeah. it's now uh, 16 years ago. It will be in, in a couple of months. Yeah. And it was cool because we knew he was passing. He didn't have anything else he needed to square away with God. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anything else we needed to square away with him. He got the flowers, the I love yous, and so on while he was still alive. Yeah. Because we knew. Uh, we had 18 months. Well, it turned out we had one week um, mm. um, from the point where the doctor said, you know, it's really bad. Yeah. But <sighs> would I wish him back? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> it was about two weeks before he finally died. Uh, we were celebrating my mom's, I think it was her 70th birthday. And so I brought a video camera along, and my wife had this brilliant idea. Have your mom talk about what she remembered from when she was 10, when she was 20, when she was 30. Record that for the grandchildren. So we did that. I'm sitting at the other end of the table after we'd done that, and I'm talking with my dad, and he says, well, what did you do in class today? I was teaching Christian thought, and we were just talking about heaven that day. Mm-hmm. And I had played the song by Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine. It had just come out that summer, and I told my dad about it, and he says, I've not heard that one. Um, and so I played it for him off my iPod. And afterwards he said, you know what, I think? He got this twinkle in his eye, and he started talking about what he imagined heaven would be like. Yeah flipped on the camera, and recorded him. And I didn't know that less than two weeks later we'd be playing it at his funeral. Hmm. Because what he imagined, he was seeing. And I am so jealous. Yeah. I miss my dad. Yeah. I wish I could just... He, he didn't get to see some of the great things happen, or some of our grand... Well, all of our grandchildren, as a matter yeah. of fact, and yeah. some of those sorts of things. But you know what? He's, he's in the presence of God. And yeah. hey... It's cool. It is cool. Amen, brother. Yeah. Good to be here with you again, Jake. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. Can you guys thank Wally for coming on out? Yeah. My hope is that um, 
as a church, and we're going to do this even in the series coming forward, is that we would actually pray for miracles. Yeah. And we're not going to just sit here and talk about miracles and the mystery of miracles and whatnot, but we would approach God boldly and pray bold prayers. And so I pray that we would start that now, even as a, in a, as a congregation. But we're also going to have time, even in the services to come in the next few weeks, to literally come up here and pray for God's miraculous hand to happen. Uh, in the meantime, though, know that we are um, going to be continuing the series next week. Um, Wally won't be here, unfortunately, um, but Indonesia, back home. Um, but we will be continuing talking about miracles and, and the man behind the miracles, Jesus, Jesus himself. We'll keep talking about him over and over and over again because uh, he truly is the miracle in the yeah. whole situation. Um, and so, so right now what we're going to do is we're not going to actually invite. I wanted to give more time for Wally to be able to talk today than we normally would have. And so we're not actually going to invite the band on up. Um, what we're going to do is we'll simply, I'll pray, and then we'll simply close out. And when I say amen, we're done. But um, let's do this. Would you stand with me and we'll close out that way? We, uh, we sometimes end service early so that we can connect. And our hope that would be this is you're out a little bit early, about 10 minutes early today than you normally would be. The purpose of that, again, was to give Wally time, but also that we could connect as a family. And so if you haven't met people around here, we want there to be an authentic, genuine family here. And part of that is getting to know each other. So you don't have anywhere to rush off to. The kids, children's workers, they're taking care of your kids if you have kids in there. And so don't worry about it. You're not going to get an evil stare when you show up. Um, to grab your kids, but let's, let's stay and connect with each other afterwards. So let me pray and we'll go from here.